The VPM Daily Newscast is sponsored by Kanawa Capital Management. Your financial life is unique, complex, and dynamic. Kanawa Capital Management's team of credentialed professionals has been helping its clients build wealth and confidence through personalized planning and informed investing since 1989. Learn more at cancap.com. That's K-A-N-C-A-P.com. You're listening to the VPM Daily Newscast, the recap of today's top stories in Central Virginia. From the VPM Newsroom in Richmond, I'm Benjamin Dolly. Some people who've battled drug and alcohol addictions eventually turn their energy toward counseling others. But if you live in Virginia, making it a career is illegal if you have a criminal history. As Whitney Evans reports, the General Assembly blocked a bill this week that would have changed that law. There are almost 200 barrier crimes in Virginia law that make you ineligible to become a substance abuse counselor. Rudy Carey says that's unconstitutional. Last fall, he filed a federal lawsuit against the state to overturn that law. The 51-year-old was arrested in 2004. The complaint shows Carey was on his way to meet his drug dealer and was pulled over for a broken taillight. When Carey tried to run away, he hit a police officer. He shared his story at a press conference last year. Uh, Yes, I did commit crimes, but I also changed my life. I have degrees, I have certificates, I have awards, and I'm not that person anymore. Carey spent about three years in prison for the incident, but eventually went to rehab and worked as a substance abuse counselor. After five years on the job, he and his employer were made aware of the law and he was let go. Now he's a long-haul truck driver, spending much of his time away from home in the community he built as a counselor. The state has tried to dismiss his lawsuit, telling him to seek a pardon from the governor. Carey told VPM Wednesday that the request was submitted over two years ago. That could take a day, that could take a year, that could take a hundred years. No one knows. Carey's case is scheduled to be heard in court this May. Whitney Evans, VPM News. A House of Delegates committee led by Republicans spiked legislation yesterday that would set limits on using campaign money for personal expenses. The bill's sponsor, Democratic State Senator John Bell, says the legislation was an attempt at compromise. This isn't perfect, but it's a really good start, and we need to start somewhere. But Republican delegate Margaret Ranson said it would have been a mistake to pass a bill that wasn't perfect. All 100 members of the House voted for a similar bill last year, but it died in the Senate. Candidates in Virginia have used campaign cash to pay for haircuts, car repairs, and expensive hotels. A new survey released by Roanoke College shows a strong partisan divide among Virginians on how the Yunkin administration is doing so far. The Institute for Policy and Opinion Research polled adult residents in February showing a 50% approval rating for Governor Glenn Youngkin, with 41% disapproving. Republicans primarily supported the administration's efforts, while ratings were low among Democrats on most issues, including executive orders aimed at limiting mask mandates and vaccine requirements. A 7th grade student from Midlothian was highlighted by President Joe Biden during the State of the Union address on Tuesday. According to the Richmond Times-Dispatch, 13-year-old Joshua Davis from Swift Creek Middle School met with the president and Representative Abigail Spanberger last month. He shared his story about being diagnosed with type 1 diabetes and how the high cost of prescription drugs like insulin impacts his family. Biden and Spanberger have been urging Congress to back plans to reduce prescription drug costs, which was also brought up during the president's address. An almost mile-long section of Old Stage Road in Chesterfield County was resurfaced last September 
with an asphalt mixture containing more than 6,000 pounds of recycled plastic. As Ian Stewart reports, the spot is the state's first plastic road. Plastics have been used in roads since the 1970s. That's not the new part, says Toby McCartney, CEO of McReber. Usually they produce brand new plastic to put into the road. We found the way to use the old plastic that no one can do anything else with. McCartney's company created a product that takes plastic waste out of landfills and repurposes it to be mixed with asphalt. He says doing this would save over 1 million tons of plastic from going into landfills. The product caught the eye of pavement research scientist Johnny Habouche from VDOT. The agency has been testing bits of plastic in roads for years, and so far, the data they've collected from Old Stage Road looks promising. I visited it between Christmas and New Year. We've seen great performance, even though with all the weather condition. Once all the data is analyzed, then VDOT can make a decision about incorporating the product on a regular basis. But Habouche says that's several years away. Ian Stewart, VPM News. The first of three community meetings on an effort to reconnect Jackson Ward is happening tonight. A six-month study began earlier this year to evaluate and recommend options for reconnecting the historically black neighborhood in Richmond. It was physically divided by Interstates 95 and 64 in the 1950s, which harmed businesses in the community. The meeting will be held at the Black History Museum and Cultural Center tonight at 6. Masks are required for attendees. Virginia Beach is looking to other communities that have experienced mass shootings to find a way to honor the memories of those killed at a city municipal building in 2019. As Paul Bebo from partner station WHRO reports, the city is trying to create a memorial. The Memorial Committee met with people who've helped plan memorials for the shootings in El Paso, Texas, San Bernardino, California, and Newtown, Connecticut. Felisa Cardona works for San Bernardino County. She talks about the importance of keeping in touch with victims' families. And so I would recommend having one or two people that have the ability and wherewithal to kind of deal with that back and forth and to keep it to one or two people because you want the families to feel like they have that one connection. The Virginia Beach Committee will have its next meeting March 30th. That was Paul Bebo reporting. The VPM News team is taking a deeper look at issues debated in the General Assembly in a series called Capital in Focus. A bipartisan group of lawmakers want to bring the Washington commanders to Virginia, a plan backed by Governor Glenn Youngkin. But as Ben Pavier reports, not everyone is sold on it. Growing up, Senator Scott Suravel's Sundays were all about football and the team now known as the Washington Commanders. When I was a kid, you know, my entire Sunday revolved around watching the team play. Now, the Democrat is part of a push to bring them to Virginia when their current lease at FedEx Field in Maryland expires in 2027. He's met with the team and seen plans for a massive new development. It includes office space, practice fields, and an amphitheater. Two of the three proposed sites are in Surveil's district in Prince William County, not far from I-95. You know, this project, I think, will generate a lot of additional growth surrounding it. Uh, I think it'll be a hub for, for development. Legislation in the General Assembly would allow the estimated $1 billion stadium to be subsidized using bonds. They'd be paid for by collecting a portion of the taxes from the new development. Lawmakers say state and local governments would still come out ahead because of economic growth. It's enough to win over skeptics like Republican State Senator Steve Newman. Not only is not one dime going to be written out of our coffers, but $1.8 billion is going to be coming in. The rest of the $3 billion development would be privately financed. 
But in order for the math to work, experts say the complex would need to attract out-of-state visitors. Otherwise, the project could just relocate spending that's already happening in Virginia. Mark Rosentraub is a professor of sports management at the University of Michigan. Sports doesn't create wealth. All that sports does is relocate economic activity. Neither the team nor lawmakers have shared projections or development plans publicly. Rosentrop says that makes it impossible to vet the financing deal. And, if, and, and to be really blunt with you, if you don't see it, then this is an unwise investment. Rosentrop, who believes some stadium tax subsidies make sense, is a relative optimist in the field. One poll of economists from 2005 found that 85% favored eliminating subsidies to sports teams. Peter Fetter sees another reason not to support the deal. He's a former fan who lives near a third proposed site in Loudoun County, near Dulles Airport. It's not just the deal with just some regular NFL owner. We're talking Dan Snyder. Snyder is the billionaire owner of the Commanders. He's been accused of presiding over and participating in a culture of workplace sexual harassment. The accusations, which Snyder denies, resulted in a $10 million fine from the NFL and an ongoing congressional inquiry. Fetter says it should be enough to give Virginia lawmakers pause. The last thing we need is some 30-year billion-dollar deal that, that likely will go south, because most things with Dan Snyder go south. Fetters, who works as a government contractor, has other concerns. His home in Leesburg already battles bad traffic. And he says the local economy, which is home to tech giants like Google, is already strong. So it's not like it's some depressed area that is in need of revitalization. Those arguments haven't swayed regional leaders. Lawmakers in Maryland are reportedly putting together their own package. Washington, D.C.'s mayor, Muriel Bowser, is also courting the team. But Representative Don Beyer is skeptical. The Democrat represents parts of Northern Virginia in Congress. Uh, I don't know why we have to continue uh, turning to the taxpayers to, to pay for the wealthiest people's um, play toys. Last month, Bayer introduced legislation that would remove the federal tax-exempt status for municipal bonds used to build stadiums. It's unlikely to win over one of his newest constituents. Last year, Dan Snyder spent $48 million for a house in Alexandria in what experts say was one of the most expensive deals in state history. Ben Pavier, VPM News. This has been the VPM Daily Newscast. Some of these stories may have changed since the newscast was recorded. You can stay connected to what matters by heading to vpm.org news or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at MyVPM. PM. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.